Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This week's episode is brought to you by Facebook, which has a new podcast called Three and a Half Degrees, The Power of Connection. This podcast brings some of the smartest minds in business together to talk shop, exchange ideas, and share the stories behind their successes and failures. Each episode features two of the smartest people in business today. One of the people you'll hear from in this new episode is Ben Rattray, founder of Change.org. I think one of the most important things is recognizing there is deep wisdom in the search for wisdom. There is deep, deep confidence, I think, built in a team when you as the entrepreneur don't claim to and believe that you must know everything. Look for Three and a Half Degrees spelled out wherever you get your podcasts or visit facebook.com slash three and a half degrees to learn more and subscribe. That's Three and a Half Degrees, a new podcast from Facebook. Hi, you're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the Adweek podcast. I am not David Greiner. This is Anya Fernando. I'm a producer on the show, and I am taking over as host this week because we are talking about Women's History Month. We've got an all-ladies only panel today, and I'm really excited to dive into it. So on the show today, we have Kamiko McCoy, our social media editor. Hello. Hello. Always happy to be here. <clears throat> and we have Anne-Marie Alcantara, our tech reporter. Hello, everyone. Happy to be back. Um, we also have a special guest. She's not going to be saying too much, but she's on Anne-Marie's lap right now, and that's Donna. You can say hi, Donna. She's a dog. <laughs> the unofficial, like, Advic dog. She is the unofficial Advic dog, yeah. So for today, I just wanted to kind of talk about being a woman in the industry and how that has evolved over the years. So I guess the first question I want to pose to both of you is, do you guys think it's a good time, particularly, to be a woman in advertising and media? Is it ever? Kamiko, please go on. Um, I won't say I won't say necessarily that it's a good time, but I will definitely say that it's better than where we have been. I feel like um, I feel like first of all, I have to say I feel like a lot, so that's fine. Um, honestly, there are a lot more doors that are being opened, in my opinion, um, and I feel like a lot of that is because there have been women that have kind of paved the path for us, um, kind of like four mothers that have come before us to kind of uh, open the gates um, and allow us in. Um, it's not as wide as it could be, but I feel like we've gotten a little bit more of a foot in the door. And this is me speaking from media perspective. Um, you know, I think I've said this on the podcast before. A lot of the the people that have given me headway um, in being able to, to 
do things and make projects and have my voice heard in in this industry have been women um, that I have worked under, been mentored by, and things like that. So for sure. Anne Marie, thoughts? Um, I, yeah, I agree with Kamiko that it's not the best time and not the worst time, and for better or for mm-hmm. worse. Um, with social media, I think people have a bit more power to get their brand out there and get their voice out there. Um, like, I mean, we've seen, like, whether it's, you know, calling someone out for doing something wrong in, in the media industry or to even praising someone and, like, bringing light uh, to a writer that maybe doesn't get enough attention. Like, social has really helped kind of bridge the gap of, like, who gets profiled and who doesn't, um, you know, in addition to, like, having Nazis on platforms and all that stuff. You so know, <laughs> small, small problem. <laughs> but it's good and bad, and, and, and it's, it's just an interesting time to be part of the industry. I really feel that on social. I love seeing women uplifting other women and rising them up and putting voices that maybe you wouldn't normally hear. I feel like that's a very now, something that's happening now that maybe wasn't happening before. But it's not like... We're taking over the industry, and we're in the C-suite, and we're, you know, killing it in all aspects. Like, I feel like there's still a lot that we have to overcome. Yeah, and retention is still a big problem. Like, I've seen so many people who I knew starting out in the industry, and then now are because of layoffs and other situations, they're not in the industry anymore, and we've lost people who were paving the path and, you know, were part of the conversation, and now it's like... The older you get, the less, less women there are. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually yeah. something that we talked about on the Black History Month-themed podcast about diversity and inclusion, um, is that often you do have a hard time retaining talent um, because once they get their foot in the door, there's nowhere for them to grow. And oftentimes when you have people coming from these different backgrounds and trying to assimilate into the you know the workplace culture that you have, like it's a little bit, it's a little bit tougher when that's not your background. So mm-hmm. I feel like um, kind of as we progress and are able to understand each other a little bit better, that it may be some better retention rates that we're seeing. There's also the issue of when a woman has kids. What happens then? Okay, so I'm pregnant right now. Just FYI. Disclaimer. (laughs) Disclaimer. (laughs) This has been on my mind. And it's true. You always hear about these women, and it's like, yeah, they're rising up in their careers, and then they got pregnant, and either they couldn't afford childcare, so they decided to stay home, or their business didn't have a good policy, for when they left and they didn't have the money to do both. And it's like we're still not supporting women enough when they become mothers. In this industry, and I'd say in the States overall. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not pregnant, disclaimer. So so, um, just like from, I guess, secondhand experience of like talking to other women who have had kids. And um, there was a woman that I worked at at my my last job who said that she, like if it hadn't been for her husband, been so willing to to help out there, she doesn't know what she would have done. You know, it actually took her a while to actually get back into her career and get back into the groove of things after having to take so much time off to raise two kids, you know. And um, thankfully, she had, we had a, a company that was a little bit more lenient for maternity policies. There was a very very lenient on, like, work-from-home days and taking time off and things like that. So I wish that was across the board. I really do. Yeah. It seems like it's really hard to find that balance, too. Yeah. Between, you know, coming back to work, maybe full-time or part-time, and then also having time for your kids. Like, I'm I'm in awe of women. <laughs> when I get home, I think about that a lot. Like, I, yeah. I have a dog, and she is, I'm just like, how do people with children yeah. do this? Like, I come home, and I'm like, oh, you got to go out again. 
so much work. It's cold outside. <laughs> Imagine having to come home and like take care of like people. <laughs> Shout out to all the moms. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Yeah, and I and I think um, coming at it from the tech perspective and covering the industry for a bit, you you saw so many tech companies try to solve this problem, and also now yeah. they're trying to expand paternity leave because it's mm-hmm. also unfair to just assume, oh well, the mom just has to stay home and like take care of the child that two people brought into the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I think that's also something that companies are starting to think about as well. Like, oh, yeah, there's fathers. We should maybe make it easier on the mother who maybe also maybe they she wants to get back to work earlier than the father does. And mm-hmm. how do we fix this problem? And But, yeah, I mean, go moms. <laughs> my mom left her career when she when both me and my brother were born and then did eventually go back. But it was extremely difficult because she had to think about, like, how to plan out our meals ahead of time for us yeah. and, like, mm-hmm. you know, pressures of work. And I, it's What happens if the kid gets sick? Do I take time yeah. off? Yeah. Do I, you know? Um, pressures that I, I mean, I don't know. Disclaimer, also not pregnant. So I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not familiar with the, with the issues. Secondhand mom knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> In conclusion, go moms. Yes, I think yes. that's basically it's, yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, so being a woman in general in the advertising and media industry, and then what about being a woman of color? Uh, people are making eyes. I'm seeing faces here. <laughs> Kamiko, please. I'll go back to Anne Marie's comment about social media. I feel like that has been women of color's saving grace, um, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of be able to, to speak up and create their own narratives around the stories that they want to tell. Um, you know, you have people who are in the industry that they're for like legacy brand stuff like that. I think there's a lot of uh, blind spots um, in our industry. And again, this is me speaking more so toward media um, than advertising, but there's definitely blind spots given um, the type of people that we have coming down the pipeline that are not as diverse. So I'll say grateful, grateful, grateful for social media, for you know women of color to create their own products, create their own newsletters, create their own magazines and things like that to be able to tell their own narrative stories um, without being restricted by the status quo. Mm-hmm. I think from the advertising and media perspective, I mean, we've just seen already this year a slew of advertising campaigns that, you know, use tropes that, like, it's 2019, we really need to know not to do this anymore. I won't call out the brands, and I can only imagine for women of color, like, how do you break into an industry that you see in 2019 continuously you know, saying, oh, we just didn't realize or we forgot or we had oversight. And it's like, you're a multi-million dollar company. Like, it's you can't use this excuse anymore. And right. You you're telling me not one brown person was in that room to be like, hey, yeah. guys. And if there wasn't, <laughs> that's not? a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I think in media, it's also, inc- it's hard to tell where it is now, but I feel like a lot of people of color are originally hired because they could provide a diversity perspective and, mm-hmm. like, they only knew brown and black and... Asian and all, you know, everyone, like, those issues. They could only speak to that. And it's like, you know, it's really just not that hard to be racist in your writing. If you're a media, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, it's not that hard. It's yeah. really not. And, and and then to pigeonhole reporters and people like that into, into you can only talk about diversity. It's, I think we're all moving away from that. But it's it, it was, like, both good and bad, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that women of color were coming into the industry. But also, like, we're not just here to... You know, keep you guys in check. Like, we have yeah. other interests. Mm-hmm. And 
that and like to being being brought on as kind of like the the think tank of like all things black culture, all things. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like, oh my God. they're like, I do okay, not speak for tell everyone. us your <laughs> thoughts. Okay, so we're putting out a social post. Do we do Bay or on Fleek? What do your people say? Like oh, that's not oh like that's God. not what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me. Don't I ask don't me. <laughs> no, I yeah, I definitely agree. And even in media, like on TV, you know. Certain channels like ABC has become super diverse thanks to Shonda Rhimes and, you know, all these shows. And then you look at, like, a CBS and you're like, are we still in the 90s here, <laughs> 80s? What's happening? Like, I don't understand why these choices were made, I guess. Right. None of these shows reflect me. Right. And the younger generation probably. I feel like, you know what the incredible thing here is, um, going back to the kind of women, brown women creating their own narrative, like, I will hands down always stand for Issa Rae, because I feel like that is, in my opinion, from what I remember, the first black woman to, like, break the trope of, like, the categories that black women could fit into. I feel like there was not Mm -hmm. a space for, like, the awkward black girl, for the one who was Mm -hmm. just, like, into, like... I can listen to hip hop, but I'm also into Paramore. Like I feel like mm-hmm. there was like that. Yeah. There wasn't that gray area, and I feel like she created that lane. So you know, as long as people like that exist are not, and are um, creating opportunities, you know, I'm on board. Love her. Um, well, Anne Marie, you were kind of talking about this about portrayals of women in advertising. Um, Okay, so I think we can all say that things have gotten better. <laughs> it's not just a woman at the kitchen sink talking about detergent <laughs> or you know, salad. Laughing over a salad. So happy. <laughs> Less stereotypical maybe, but what are your thoughts? Like, do you think things have improved a great deal? Do you think we still have a way to go? I think we're I think it has improved a lot. Like I know I noticed a lot more I've been I've been just watching a lot more TV. So, you know, there's seeing there's a lot more commercials. <laughs> the guilty look that comes I know. She's, she's like, sorry. I swear I'm a really important reporter. Um, but it, And I've seen, like, just ads around cleaning. Like, it's men, mm. you know. You know, wow, crazy. They're cleaning the pasta sauce. You know, but, <laughs> but it's moving towards that. And there's also, like, more mixed racial couples mm-hmm. and things like that. Ooh, yeah. And it's nice, but then, I mean, I just also remember the Mr. Clean ad, which I feel like is only two years old, where, like, the woman was turned on by, like, that weird... Ew, he was so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it's like, why? Like, why is this we, happening? No. We don't need to be... I don't know. Why? why? Just, you know, cleaning does not mean... I don't know. But, yeah, so it's hard to gauge, yeah. but I think we are getting we are getting better, and I think it's just advertisers realizing, like, oh, yeah, you know what? All types of people need to clean their house. Like, go <laughs> figure, you know. It only took them a few. I don't take it a step further and say everybody needs to clean mm-hmm. their house. That's a good point. Everyone clean, <laughs> please clean your house. Please, everybody. please do. <laughs> um, yeah, I what I've noticed is, so it's gone from, okay, women doing domestic work, right, to suddenly it's like women running marathons and they're like ultra athletes mm-hmm. and super like high powered. And it's like, I don't see myself there. Either that's a good point. Yeah, it kind of went to an extreme. Yeah, like, girl power, kicking ass. Like you know, it's like we could tone that down a bit, maybe. And right, just like, a just a normal yeah. woman to the ladies, like wear running pants but don't run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. me. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> so it's sort of gone to another extreme, in my opinion, in some instances. You know. Yeah, 
actually have this conversation with my my sister a lot. She's a mom of two, and she's explained, you know, she's talked to me just like, like she's all for female empowerment, but I think sometimes she sees these ads and she's like, I don't see myself in them at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to run a marathon. I enjoy cooking for my kids. Like, that's what I like to do. Like, the domestic things. Like, I feel like it can be done to appeal to, to a broad audience without creating these or without perpetuating the tropes that are that exist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like as an industry, we have to keep in mind that there are different people that exist, different kinds of women that exist. And I don't like those ads so much all the time either because it makes you feel inadequate if you're not doing all this. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's yeah. not just you don't see yourself, but you're also like, okay, so I'm just a really lazy human who doesn't yeah. run all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm and, not running you know, meetings. And does a keto <laughs> diet or something and is cleaning her house, you know, and, and it's just – yeah, it's just uncomfortable to see that, and you're like, cool. I mean, I appreciate the message, but can we just make it for normal people? As well as to like to, you know, Netflix on their couch on a Friday, go to bed by 11, you know. <laughs> yeah, just a cool 20-something. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Toe tip. <laughs> well, that's kind of what you were saying about brands that can sometimes feel like fake allies towards women. Oh, God, yeah. I mean... I don't know. What are your what are your thoughts on that, Kimiko? Um, I really despise the habit that some brands have of like taking a culture and like packaging it up and selling it back to you. Like that drives mm-hmm. me insane. Mm-hmm. So like not to say that self care is not important, but I feel like self care has now been packaged and I feel like it's being geared directly toward women. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like sometimes it has nothing to do with actual self-care and it's more toward like selling like bath bombs or, you know, like self-care is like using this type of pencil for your eyebrows. And I'm just like, that has nothing. I mean, like it could be self-care, but like, is it? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like they just, it's, there's not always a correlation there. So I feel like I would feel better about a brand. Like, and I don't know, that might circle back to like having a diverse group of people in your office or in, mm-hmm. you know, in these meetings where these things are being prepared um, just to make sure, like, it's not a situation where you're just creating, like, another type of stereotype. And Marine thoughts? On brands as being fake mm-hmm. allies? Yeah, you know, it's just weird. That's <laughs> just, it's very simple. Like, you're a brand, you don't need to necessarily sell me like, I mean, or just sell me your product. I'm fine with that. You know, we're in an age, I get it, like, consumers are more aware than ever, and, and it's, I think, a better relationship to do that and, like, be upfront as opposed to then portraying an, an authentic message. And, that, and mm-hmm. when at the end of the day, it's like, oh, you know, get the bath bomb because we sell it, and then you'll feel better. And it's like, yeah. Well, I, if I spent, you know, $15 and then I feel bad about using that. But anyways. Like, yeah. money management is also self-care. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. They don't, want, they don't want you to think about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard to know. I don't know if, like, maybe Gen Z, like, does like that. I'm not sure. Um, That's true. Maybe that they're appealing to that generation. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, for better or for worse, it's nice that, I guess, brands with, you know, millions of followers are tweeting about it for the most part. But it's also, I don't know. Don't, don't. Like, That's fair. If you're yeah. fast food, like, you're, you're not really, you know, self-care here. Yeah. Well, you can be in some ways. Sometimes. The, the nuggets are, I don't know if it's self-care. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, yeah, they are. They definitely are. <laughs> I'm with you. Are self-care. Yeah. They're self-care, but they're, like, not this healthy, you know. Yeah. Like, a doctor would not approve, I'm sure. <laughs> For some reason, when I think of an 
al- uh, brand that's trying to be an ally, I think of Dove. Oh, my God. Right? Yes. And this that's, has yeah. been, like, years of this self-empowerment, yeah, women of all sizes and shapes and bringing them in and then asking them questions to make them cry. Someone's always crying in the ad. And I'm like, guys, why? For this body lotion? Like, I don't understand. Like, I put lotion on my elbows and I've never felt I, more beautiful. I know. Yeah. 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 Like, that used to feel very fake to me and just not... I'd, like, trying too hard, yeah. sort of, you know? Like, the first one they did was kind of nice and different, mm-hmm. but then when they kept doing it and it was just so clear, it's like, just, you know, yeah, you're selling, like, a body, you yeah. know, let it go. They <laughs> did something around the Super Bowl about embracing your natural hair. Do you guys remember this? Vaguely. They had a whole song about it, and it was all these women with gorgeous curls. Sing- and I, I was kind of like... Okay, I actually like this one because <laughs> I have curly hair, and sometimes I don't like it. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, they got me. <laughs> so I feel like it really depends too. Yeah, you know, yeah. on the context and where you are. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, they're just trying to sell me. Like this is not how they really feel. You know, right. I wonder if people who are like, I, I wonder if we're like cynical because we're in the industry. Mm, that's true. You know, where it's like every time an ad comes on, you get like tight lipped and white pissed and just like, <laughs> you're trying to sell me something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's okay. I think like I, I want them to sell me something. And you don't got mm-hmm. to make it this empowerment moment where I, and I'm crying on my couch or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Just tell me about the body wash. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Mm hmm. But please stop making right. women cry on TV. <laughs> There's a couple yeah. of brands. I think yeah. the, um, the, Challenger brand, shaving brands, like those are the ones that mm. I enjoy the most because I feel like they're very cut and dry. They're just like, hey, mm-hmm. ladies, we know that you got to shave your legs sometimes. So here's a nice razor. Get it in a color or don't, whatevs. And I'm just like, that, that, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just know, like a straightforward. Right. Pitch. There's not like this hairless leg on the TV. I'm just like, girl, why are you shaving? Yeah. You don't even have any hair on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> It's going on right now. Every time. There's no hair. There's none. It's yeah. like the smoothest leg, and she's just. She doesn't what? get a cut either. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because they don't want to show body hair? Probably. Oh, absolutely. Probably, yeah. Probably. Right? Just like period blood, like they can't show anything red. It's oh, like a God. blue. Don't make blood. people uncomfortable. A blue <laughs> liquid. Like, yeah. I've never seen that before. A whole crowd of people. But periods exist. Oh, oh God. my God. Can you believe? Call the FCC. <laughs> Oh, this content banned. Oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, let's take a quick break. Thanks again to the sponsor of this week's episode, Facebook, which has a new podcast called Three and a Half Degrees, The Power of Connection. As we mentioned earlier, each episode of this new podcast features conversations with two of the smartest people in business today. Let's listen to a bit of the newest episode's chat on the power of wisdom with the other guest on the show, Chip Conley, author and strategic advisor for Airbnb. If you're visionary without being vulnerable, you're sort of your your feet aren't on the ground and people at some point start losing faith in you because they think that you're Pollyanna. If you're vulnerable without the visionary, people just say, Oh my god, it's a roller coaster here. Look for three and a half degrees spelled out wherever you get your podcasts or visit Facebook.com slash three and a half degrees to learn more and subscribe. That's three and a half degrees, a new podcast from Facebook. Okay, ladies, now I want to get to a topic. I thought you were going to say, okay, ladies, now let's get in formation. Now let's get in formation. (laughs) 
<laughs> Damn it, I should have said that. <laughs> Let's get inflammation. No. We need to talk about we need to talk about the men. I know. Do I know. we? I mean I mean we don't have to. <laughs> it's on the list here. Men in our industry specifically is what I want to talk about. Things that maybe you wish you could tell them or that you want to share, let's say, about working with women specifically in media and in advertising. I know that's kind of broad. My first my first word that comes to mind is listen. Mm. That's the very first thing. I think comes. I learned that in the first grade. <laughs> I know, but some people, you wouldn't think they've, they've caught on to that. Active listening. Active listening. That's... That's a good one. Yes. I have noticed, I'm not going to say specific people, but sometimes I find that women are better listeners. And men maybe are taught to project more, project confidence. Yeah. Right from a young age. Yeah, for sure. That their ideas are heard a little bit more easily. Right. You know, when you're a woman, sometimes you have to say something two or three times for them to actually be like, oh, she said a thing. Oh, back up. It's important. <laughs> it's like, what that's a that? good idea. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. No, and sometimes I also have a hard time doing that, though. You yeah. know? Because I'm yeah. like, all right, well, I said it once and no one responded, so I guess I'll just not say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll back, I'll yeah, back away back after that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of men wouldn't, and that's a good quality that we should probably try to have. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's generalizing and other women don't feel that way. Um, That's something that I've felt. I think, you know, to have that confidence is a little bit tougher, Mm -hmm. especially when you haven't always been listened to. You know, Mm -hmm. if you say something, sometimes it comes with this, oh, you're being sensitive, or you're being irrational, or the one that makes my skin crawl is like, are you PMSing? Oh, no. Maybe maybe you're just emotional because it's your time of the month. Mm-mm. Like makes me want to like fall into pieces. No, but. no, no one should be saying that in 2019. <laughs> That's another one that I would just scratch off. Scratch off the list of. I agree. Tear it off the list. Fold it yeah. up. Yeah. Throw it into the fire. Um, but as far as like the one thing that I wish that I could tell men in the mm-hmm. industry is. Um, it's okay to it's okay to be gentle. Like I totally understand that you're interacting and you'd like, you know, you don't want to come off as like you don't want you want to be an ally. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. But like sometimes the the best intentions are are not always delivered in the best way. Mm-hmm. You know, like if an, if I have an idea that sucks, like you can tell me. You know, like we don't have to go with what I said just because I'm a woman. And you don't want to offend me. Like I feel like that's going to do more harm than that mm-hmm. is good. You know, yeah. like I feel like. Instead of taking this other extreme approach where it's just like, she's a woman, so look, like, you know, you don't want to offend her. You don't want to step on her toes. You don't want to, like, I want you to take what I said into consideration or take whatever project idea that I have or whatever and kind of, like, work with me on it to shape it or, you know, so that we can present a project that has, like, you know, a diverse angle and everybody's input, everybody's opinion instead of just this, um, you know, walking on eggshells around me, don't want to offend her, don't want to upset her, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I think on that note, um, as part of that, like, situation, I think people also just, or men, not people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get specific yeah. here. Um, it, 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 like, just also tr- when you, if you are, you know, preaching and trying to be woke and all this, et cetera, you know, stuff, which is great, like, sure, you should be. 
also actually do it. Don't just say it. And I think mm. I yeah. encounter so many men in the industry, in media, you know, who just aren't like that when they are interviewing you or talking to you about your career. And, and they question, like, oh, you really? You were at that event? Oh, it, really? And you're like, you're saying that not because you are impressed. You're saying that because you're like, oh, you? You? that You as a woman and as a lady in this industry, you were in that? Mm-hmm. And, it, and then you see them, you know, tweet about or, like, cover, you know, something happening on, at a tech company, you know, for my beat particularly, you know, that they're mistreating women or something like that. And you're like, oh, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, got, I got news for you, reporter. Like, you're not, let me tell you, you're not the only one. Like, they're not the only ones. Um, so I think that's just a big part. And I think people don't actually practice what they preach. Um, and it's exhausting. It's, like, more exhausting to work with someone like that. Um, or even interact with them if it's like a social setting, et cetera, and then see them, I don't know, just become this different persona online or like two yes. colleagues and you're like, cool, great. I'm just going to keep typing away here and like, <laughs> pretend I don't exist. And, um, so that's definitely one. And then another one is uh, I think like just responding to women in the same way you respond to men. I th- in addition to listening, I think – if people don't give the same type of feedback or praise as yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, maybe it's because women aren't saying it. They're like, hey, I did this thing and it did really well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like if you're in a manager position, it's on you as well, you know, to do that, to like bring that feedback mm-hmm. or praise or whatever it is to light and, and especially do it in a way that's equal, you know, not like not just always calling out the, you know, the guys on the team who are doing something or like what they're working on. Mm-hmm. also calling out the women and what they're doing and how it's different or something else or, you know, and I, I just don't see that happening as much and it, or, like, people aren't remembering to do it as yeah. much. Mm-hmm. It's just easier, I guess, to forget to do that. I don't know. Um, but it's frustrating. You're just kind of like, okay, cool. Like, glad I'm, glad I'm we're here. all feminists. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I think not? that's the thing is that now, especially in media, like, men don't want to be seen as not being allies or not being feminists. So they are going to tell everyone online about how much they support women, like yeah. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in real life, maybe they're not self-aware enough to realize that that's, it's not coming across and they're not acting. You know, Migos once said, it. walk it oh. like you talk it. So I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Practice what you preach. It's true. It's true. Well, it's just so important. And then, I mean, the worst part of it, particularly in media, is when you see men, you know, male journalists who do that kind of woke performative mm-hmm. actions and then they don't and then they like get more retweets or likes or like they get a different job opportunity and you're like, why? Why? Can we <laughs> I know that they're not like that and there's always usually a whisper network if there is someone isn't like a very nice person mm-hmm. that everyone knows and yet it's like cool, well, we're just going with what they tweet or what they say or how they present themselves and we should know better at this point to dig deeper, and it's just frustrating. Yeah. And we don't give women the same amount. You know, women are like, don't, you know, don't say your politics. Mm. You know, it's like not part of your brand. Like, don't, like, because it's going to silo you. It's like, we can't win. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's really hard. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know if that, that online persona versus IRL persona, <laughs> that... I feel like people's personas have now become, like, brands, like, their Mm -hmm. brand. Oh, yeah. You know? So, like, to present yourself online, like, people, 
like these are like the people that like drive me insane. Where they're like, I'm totally a feminist. Like I'm, t- I totally get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but like question everything that you do. Um, anytime that you speak up, it's just like, well, I mean, like you're into women stuff, so like I don't know if you'd understand. Like putting me down when you literally just tweeted like Happy International Women's oh my God. Yeah. Day. Like, <laughs> shout out to the strongest woman I know, my mom. Like <laughs> every time, every time. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know what the solution is for these for these problems, though. Like, what if you were to talk to someone about this, a guy who is doing this? Like, how? I think part what, of the solution for me has been other men who like stand up for me. That's good. Like that's happened yeah, a right. lot yeah. um, for me, where other men are like hey, actually, like, she's done really good work and, like, she's always been invited to event. And I'm just thinking of, like, a particular instance in my life. Yeah. Um, and I have a really good friend who always, like, like, just stands up for me and, like, praises everything I do. And, and he's a guy. And I, and I think that helps because then they, oh, it's another man. Oh, like, we, can, oh. we can trust him. Yeah, like, we can't yes. trust her. But, hey, he's saying it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think, I mean, for now, I think that's just one one thing that men can do is just continuously stand up for people mm-hmm. or women, not people, excuse me. I mean, we are people. <laughs> I love that though. Cause that's a, that's a true ally. Mm-hmm. It's not performative. It's he's your friend. Yeah. He's digging up for you. Like it's basic friendship. It's basic yeah. friendship. Oh, that, that's what that is. Like, yeah. I wasn't, what's the term? Yeah. Just a, like he's just not doing a friend. it, you know, to gain points. He's just be like a b- decent person, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, but it matters and it helps. It does. Are we are we off the men topic? Or yeah. Did you Kamika? No. <laughs> no I'm good. Done. Yeah. Done. Um, okay. Back to women. I want to talk about some of our favorite women working in media today. There are so many amazing writers and editors and producers out there right now, and I love that everyone is uplifting each other and sharing each other's works. So I wanted to just go around and talk about some of our favorites. Anne-Marie, yeah. who are some of yours? <laughs> uh, that's like, it's so hard to pin it down. Um, I think in the general, oh, like, you know, bigger media landscape, we're including all types of media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a big Grey's Anatomy fan for, you know, just casual past 15 years of my <laughs> life. And no big deal. Everything that Shonda Rhimes has done uh, mm-hmm. has been really great. And, I mean, she's just she has made these storylines on Grey's and then obviously all the other her other shows since then um, normal. And, you know, whether it's a lesbian couple to mixed racial couples, like she's just done so much for representation. Mm-hmm. She's just like, you know, bigger media. Within journalism itself, um, I think there's been a, like a crop of like new feature writers that I've been really loving, like what Katie Weaver, who I think is at G- G- GQ. Um, Gia Tolentino, hopefully I said your name right, if you ever <laughs> listened to this, um, who writes for The New Yorker, um, who take really nuanced things that women like or talk about, whether um, it's outdoor voices or some, like, the rock profile. Yes, I read um, that one. And, and they do it so well, and it just shows, like, hey, we have, you know, women can do a lot. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's not just men who get to write those things, and I think they're they're also paving this, like, new path for for women to get recognized that way and have those chances and show that not only is it good writing, but that it does well and people share it and people love it. And mm-hmm. um, it's just great to see that happen. Thanks. 
Yeah, some of my some of my favorites. Um, Angela Rye, obviously, um, you know, political commentator, and I feel like she keeps it. She's very raw, and that's what I, I like about her. Very mm-hmm. un- unapologetically raw. Um, and then, um, and like she kind of creates the space where you, like I said, unapologetically raw, where you don't have to be restricted and confined. Like, let me behave myself and make sure I'm being a proper lady and not like offending anybody. She's very much like I know. I know what I'm talking about. I can back it up. Here, I said what I said. And that's it. Um, I also like Roxane Gay. If you're not following her on Twitter, I love yes, Roxanne. Yes, love her. That is a gem. I want to know who her mm-hmm. nemesis. I want to know who her nemesis oh. is. <laughs> Roxanne, if you're listening right now, please, please, your secret safe. <laughs> My <with> DMs <laughs> are open. <laughs> I just want to know who your nemesis is. <laughs> but um, also, um, you know, there's there's a handful of other people, and I feel like. Um, a lot of it is just, like, these news people who are springing up. Also, like, shout out to my lady friends who are writing things as well. Like, they're incredible. The entire team here at, at Adweek, yeah. um, yeah. my favorite journalists, obviously. <laughs> and then I have friends back in Atlanta that are my favorite journalists. Um, I don't want to say names because I feel like I'll miss somebody and be publicly shamed. But I feel like just, you know, like, surrounding myself with so many, like, people who are just incredible at what they do, you know, Um there, there are tons of people who are getting prizes and nominations and, like, worldwide global, you know, rec- recognition. But I think even the my down-home friends, they, they inspire me every day. Mm-hmm. I feel like the everyday I people I work with, you know? Like, because yeah. you just see what they can do for you or how they edit your stories. Cough, oh. cough. <laughs> looking at on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and especially I feel like with editors, it's harder for them to get praise or recognition. Oh, um, yeah. And, and, and I feel like those are the people I admire the most sometimes because, it's like, they make me sound smarter and they don't get the same kind of, like, hoopla around them. Uh, and it, it's great to work with a good, good set of women over here at adweek.com. Thank you, Emery. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have so many. There are so many women I could list on this. But the first name that comes to mind um, is Heather. Heather Hapleski, which is a.k.a. Ask Polly. She writes the advice column for The Cut. Yes. You guys. I just started reading her book. This column. <laughs> I, I have to read it every week. I literally got a digital subscription to New York Magazine just so that I could keep reading it. Her writing is so beautiful, so wise. She goes on tangents. I love all of them. Um, and she and is genuinely helping people, too. You know? I... I love her writing, and actually, I just love everyone at the cut. Mm-hmm. They're so, they're so. Good. It's kind of annoying how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, cool. Another great story. I know their headlines are so good. Yeah, know, like all of my bookmark stories on Twitter are like oh, the cut, the cut, yes. the cut. I'm yes. just like, when am I going to get to these? That's so good. Um, I also had Katie Weaver down. Oh yeah, yeah her yeah. profiles are just incredible. Like you want to re- anything, anyone she's writing about. You need to read it, mm-hmm. like, ASAP, too. Yes. Not, you can't wait. Yes, because <laughs> everyone else is talking about it on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know? I love her, and I love um, Taffy Brodner askner Oh, yeah. Taffy is incredible also. I think she's at the New York Times, and her profiles are like Katie's in that I need to read them immediately. It's almost like at the level where I want to set Google alerts at this mm-hmm. point. Yes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> what else is happening? Um... And Emmalina Spahn from The New Yorker, who's a critic, Mm -hmm. who is also always spot on. Um, And all my... My Adweek ladies, I mean, you've got to shout out to the local, the local people. (laughs) 
like you were saying, because so many, you know, you have these like media famous Twitter right personalities, yeah. you know, and there are a lot of them, and they're awesome, and then there are some people that aren't as recognized, right. you know, on a more local level. You've got a shout out too. Shout out to me and my three followers. I appreciate you. I mean, <laughs> we're working our way through. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about women working in media. Now I want to talk about just in general female role models that we've all had in our lives. Um, Kaminko, um, about some women you admire. On a, I mean, on a, still Issa Rice. She doesn't know me, and that's totally fine. But. <laughs> Please DM her. <clears throat> Issa, I'm gonna. Issa Rice, Nicole Richie, also love her. Um, for not, you know, she's funny. Um, <laughs> but like, for people that I do know, um, a lot of the women that I've actually worked with are my my role models. Um, just to be able, especially because they were brown women. And they were very confident in the work that they did, women of color. Um, and they were, like I said, very confident in the work that they did. And they were good at it, you know. Like, I really, like, I would love to see them go, like, toe-to-toe with anybody in our newsroom and just be like, no, I know what I'm talking about. I'm very confident. I'm just, like, energy. That's what <laughs> <laughs> That's I feel this energy. You know. Um, I, yeah, I feel like um, those those have been the people that I'm like, okay, sh- how can I be more like that? How can I kind of aspire to be on that same level of um, clearing headway, not only for myself, but for the people, you know, the women that are coming behind me? Yeah, I think for me, it's also the people I've worked with. Um, I've worked with, surprisingly, <laughs> a lot of women, uh, which I say that because... Hmm. There's still a lot of newsrooms out there that are mostly men, um, yeah. and I and, and one of my first editors was actually a woman of color as well. And I mean, it was just so great to have that because not that we ever talked about anything, you know, like oh man, like we're two brown women in this place, but <laughs> it was just Let's nice. Chat. Yeah, it was, it was just nice to know, like okay, you're also here. And mm-hmm. sometimes we did have things that we did talk about that were you know things we had shared because of our shared cultures. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, she was such a great editor and she really taught me a lot. Um, and yeah, I think other women I worked with as well, like all my female editors, I once my editor in chief was once a woman and she was so great and I still talk to her and I miss her all the time. And, (laughs) um, of course my mom, yeah, you know, (laughs) (laughs) she just, yeah, I mean, she went from raising us and then went back to work when we were like teenagers and. I mean, it's still amazing how, you know, she had dinner every night for us and, you know, worked a full job. Because I don't, I refuse to cook dinner for myself. I'm too tired sometimes in my life now. So she's on a different level than I ever maybe will be. <laughs> I do not want to forget about my mom. Um, Arlene, I'm so sorry. Yes, I are my role model as well. Okay, I have to start out with my mom now. <laughs> she raised more kids. Required. <laughs> Meals on the table. She took time off. From work, came back into the workforce after, I want to say, like, 15 years or something. Oh, wow. Because we were spread out 10 years apart, and she's she's incredible, especially now that I'm about to be a mom. I'm like, oh, my God. How did you do this? Please tell me all your secrets. What's the secret? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I'm like, no, but how? How'd you do it? So, obviously, my mom. Okay, and then I went I went big with mine, guys. Um, my number one is Oprah. Oh, Fair. Wow. She, I can't believe you forgot. She <laughs> has always, always been my number one. Like, since I was, I want to say, in middle school, everything about her. I wanted to be her at one point. Then I wanted to be on the show for something that I had done. 
Are you going to tell us what she did? And then <laughs> for some amazing thing I wrote, and then I wanted to write a book that was in her book club. So it's gone Ooh. from... There's still time for that. I still want to do that, yeah, actually, yeah. yes. I still would love to write a novel and then have Oprah pick it. That would be great. I, I mean, feel like the fact that she goes by the name Oprah. That's it. Just one. <laughs> that's it. Doesn't need anything else. Just Oprah. Oprah and Michelle Obama oh my are my yes. two. Those are my my girls. Women who I feel like generations from now, other women will look and be like, those were the people who were making changes and helping women and helping young girls get an education and just all the amazing initiatives. I agree. And just having women of color be role models on a wider scale, you know? Mm -hmm. And having Michelle in the White House for eight years was, I mean, I can't, it's it's too much. It's too much. The, the, the change, the change that's happened. <laughs> Sorry, there's a few onions in the, oh in my the God. podcast recording right now. <laughs> it makes me emotional to think about. Because now it seems like we almost took it for granted. Right. Back then, you know, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, of course. We have this badass woman as our first lady, and she's doing all these amazing things. And Right. Thank God for social media that she still talks to us. I know. Oh, my God. Thank God. And I just like, read. She'll, like, like, these little, she'll hop on her Facebook Lives, mm -hmm. and she'll, like, write books and things for us. Mm. I just read Becoming. Have you guys read it? Not yet. It's on Not my yet. list. Oh, my God. List. I'm waiting on Beyonce to release a tell-all book. Amazing. I feel oh, like oh, do you think she would? No, no, she's so private. Like, yeah, she is. She releases all her, her all, everything she has to say is in an album that I have to pay for, and I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> no. can I just get like one scandalous tweet, like just one, just, just one, just letting us in something. It's all carefully preserved. Oh I actually read a story about her PR per her PR lady the other day. Um, it was incredible, like how she like kind of came, like just like fell into her career, and how she made like such an important part of um, Beyonce and like the other people that she that she works with. Like part of their their brand is that like that exclusivity, um, mm -hmm. which is now like Beyonce's like thing, where she like drops albums and like doesn't tell anybody about it, you know. Um, but yeah, her her story is really really incredible. So I guess I should add her to my list. I of would I would add her. I mean, yeah. aspire to be as well. She's she's great. I have a late addition to my oh, list. Oh, yes, please. Um, Serena Williams, I think. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm not a tennis follower, but I knew, obviously, that she, you know, was a champion in, in that career. But I, her life as a mom and, like, as a mm -hmm. someone who's now involved in the tech industry and doing working with different companies, um, and she's just done so much in addition to speaking out about issues that are important to her. Yeah. I mean, her whole story about giving birth and, like, yeah. oh my God. she wasn't being taken seriously, you know, and she's Serena Williams and, I, and, and bringing light to that issue that it happens to women all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and she's just using her platform for so much good. And, and it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I never follow tennis, but I love what she's doing, like, yeah. because yeah. she has that fame. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just incredible work and like necessary. We need She's someone. like a brand yeah. powerhouse at yes. this point. Honestly, like definition of an entrepreneur. It's crazy because mm -hmm. you see like um, men will come and like they'll like be associated with like everything. But I feel like it's not very often that you see a woman taking on all these different types of um, you know like jobs across industries and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I, I yeah absolutely. She's definitely a role model to be to be looked at. Good late edition. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. Solid. <laughs> Serena, if you're listening. <laughs> My DMs are open. <laughs> Come to the podcast. 
All right, ladies. I think we're going to wrap this up now. Um, thank you both so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Hope, hopefully you guys enjoy this, you people listening you, to you us. You people. Thank you. Um, I think that's it. Thank you, guys. Subscribe. Our theme music is by Home. This episode was edited by Lane McGibney and produced by Anya Fernando. Audio production by Josh Rios. Please take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher.